It's Friday, December 13th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're going all in on two big votes in two separate continents. First, after a scheduled vote on articles of impeachment veered off course last night. The committee will now stand in recess until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., at which point... The House Judiciary Committee picked up again this morning. Then, a historic vote for members of parliament is expected to finally clear the way, once and for all, for Brexit. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Skylight Frame, the best holiday gift for the special people in your life. So you may remember on yesterday's show, we told you that everyone was expecting the House Judiciary Committee, any minute now, to vote on articles of impeachment against President Trump. Turns out, that didn't happen. Instead, Republican lawmakers introduced five amendments to the articles, and the debate that began in the morning dragged on until after 11 o'clock at night. That's when committee chair Jerry Nadler stopped the clock. The committee will now stand in recess until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., at which point I will move to divide the question so that each of us may have the opportunity to cast up or down votes on each of the articles of impeachment and to let history be our judge, the committee is in recess. Chairman, Mr. Chairman. That guy trying to interject is the committee's top Republican, Doug Collins. He and his Republican colleagues argued against the decision, saying they felt ambushed and not prepared for the change of plans. Here he was after Nadler gaveled out. This committee is more concerned about getting it on TV in the morning than it was finishing its job tonight and letting the members go home. I can't, words cannot describe how inappropriate this was. This morning, there was a lot less talking and they got right to the vote. For the first article, Abuse of Power. Mr. Chairman, there are 23 ayes and 17 noes. The article is agreed to. For the second article, Obstruction of Congress. Mr. Chairman, there are 23 ayes and 17 noes. The article is agreed to. So after a false start yesterday, today the committee voted along party lines to approve the two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Next step is a full vote in the House. That's reportedly expected as early as next Wednesday, before lawmakers leave D.C. for their holiday vacations. For more on what to expect next, check out our guide on impeachment at theskim.com guides. Coming up, a look at a different kind of vote with huge implications. This one in the U.K. That's next. For a thoughtful gift this year, try Skylight Frame. It's a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to, and they appear in seconds. Thousands of moms call it the best gift ever. Now, as a special holiday offer, you can get free shipping with your purchase when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code SKIM. That's right. To get free shipping with your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code SKIM. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com, promo code SKIM. Yesterday, Brits went to the polls in an election some called the most important in a generation. That's because in addition to voting for members of parliament and confirming which party would lead it, Brexit was also kind of on the ballot. See, the UK has been trying to Brexit for a while now ever since voters in 2016 decided they wanted out of the European Union. But turning that Brexit vote into an actual Brexit hasn't been easy. Just ask former Prime Minister Theresa May. She tried and failed three times to convince British lawmakers to pass the Brexit deal she negotiated with the EU. 
This was to prevent the country from just crashing out of the EU without a smooth transition. May had to delay Brexit from its originally scheduled date of March 29, 2019, to Halloween of this year. And seeing no successful path forward, she finally stepped down in July. But the ruling Conservative Party remained in power, and its members picked Boris Johnson to take the job. If Theresa May was cautious about Brexiting without having any transitional plans in place, something called a no-deal Brexit, Johnson wasn't. From day one on the job, his mentality was Brexit at all costs. It was divisive. A lot of Brits were really worried about what would happen if the UK pulled out of the EU overnight, without a transitional time to smooth out the details. There were warnings about food shortages, the country running out of imported medicine, and all sorts of drama at the borders and airports if customs checks started taking forever. But Johnson's approach was to say, you better get on board with my Brexit deal, because that scary no-deal Brexit is the only alternative to get Brexit done. And that approach kind of worked. Just days before the Halloween Brexit deadline, Parliament finally agreed to a Brexit deal. But Parliament also said they didn't want to rush things, meaning another Brexit delay. Frustrated, Johnson called for new elections to try to get more friends in power and strengthen his hand. That's the vote that happened yesterday. The results are now in. The Conservatives, Johnson's party that's been really in favor of Brexit, won big. And because of that, Brexit is now pretty much inevitable. Any hopes the Brexit agenda could be stopped, or that Brits might get a second vote to reconsider whether they really want to stay in the European Union after all, were dashed last night. Now it looks like Brexit is full steam ahead. Here was Johnson this morning. With this mandate and this majority, we will at last be able to do what? We've been paying attention. Uh, because this, this election means that getting Brexit done is now the irrefutable, irresistible, unarguable decision of the British people. Johnson isn't wasting time. He wants Parliament to get the ball rolling on Brexit before Christmas, to prep for a Brexit by the end of January. And British markets basically said, thanks for clearing up all the Brexit confusion. They hit record highs today. For many in the UK, the consequences of Thursday's vote are only beginning to set in. In a practical sense, it will make travel to and from the EU a little trickier, and Britain will have to write a whole bunch of new trade deals all on its own. But in a symbolic sense, the stakes feel higher. That Brexit can mean the dream of unifying Europe born from the ashes of World War II may really be in the rearview mirror. Now, the United Kingdom is heading off on its own and leaving the European Union to figure out where it wants to go without one of its largest members. To get a better sense of how the UK and EU relationship came about and what Brexit can mean for the EU, we're going to play an excerpt from our audio notes feature on the European Union. You can find the full version on the Skim app. First, let's head back to the 1950s. After World War II, European countries were like, we can't keep fighting like this. They thought, maybe if we work together, we're not as likely to start a new war. So the European Economic Community was born in 1957. It was part of what became the European Union in 1993. The UK didn't try to get into the EU until the 1960s. At that time, it was just six countries. West Germany, France, Italy, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg. The UK bid twice and got rejected twice. Its economy wasn't doing so hot back then. But eventually, in 1973, the UK finally got the bid to join, along with Denmark and Ireland. 
Britain has much to contribute to this process, and as members of the community, we shall be better able to do so. Over the next few decades, more and more countries joined. The EU is a club a lot of people want in on. Their biggest members-only perks are being a part of a single market, having freedom of movement between member countries, sharing expenses, and security. Let's start with the single market. One of the big perks in the early days was that members of the EU would stop charging customs duties when they traded with each other, creating a single market. This evolved over time, and eventually they also started negotiating as a group with other countries outside the EU for better trade deals. To make trading between countries even easier, the EU came out with their own currency in 2002, the euro, with their own coins and banknotes. Using the euro wasn't a must. Nine countries said, no thanks, including the Brits. But for those who took it on, they could stop exchanging money back and forth and the value of the euro didn't fluctuate as much as individual currencies had. But having a common currency wasn't just about saving money. It was also about traveling, living, and working across Europe. A big plus of EU membership was the idea of freedom of movement. Europeans love to vacation, but they hate having to get visas for neighboring countries. And stopping for hours at checkpoints on your way to the beach or the mountains was super annoying. So they decided to get rid of some borders. But it took a while, In 1985, five member states agreed to an open-door policy deal called the Schengen Agreement. It didn't come into full effect until 1995. The EU adopted the idea with the option to opt out and extended it. It allows EU citizens to live and work anywhere in Europe. Some countries did opt out, but for the ones who are in, it's basically like they're one big country. Then there's the sharing of expenses. Back in the day, the group decided that they would each put money into a communal pot. That now totals nearly $190 billion a year. How they decide how much each country puts in is kind of complicated. It depends on how rich the countries are, how much trade goes through their borders, and some other factors. That money is then divvied up between the members. The richer countries get less, the poorer countries get more. And finally, security. So many European countries had been at war with each other, and maintaining peace was a big deal to the EU. That also meant keeping an eye on anyone threatening democracy from inside or out. If one country was having security problems, the others would help. The members would have each other's back. Immigration into the EU has been a massive sticking point over the past few years. Between 2015 and 2017, more than a million asylum seekers knocked on the door most of them fleeing conflicts in the Middle East and North and Sub-Saharan Africa. How the EU should deal with this influx, who should pay the cost, and just how tight the border should be were a big part of the Brexit debate. So those are the key membership perks. Today, there are 28 countries in the EU, including the UK. And more countries, like the Republic of North Macedonia, want to get in on the action. For the smaller countries, the EU offers a more stable currency, the chance to import European goods without a big bill, and help from the bigger countries on everything from infrastructure to national security. For the larger countries, the EU offers the chance to sell their products throughout Europe easily, without paying big import taxes, and to have a big say in deciding how the whole continent should be run. So now that we know a little bit about where the EU came from, let's get into the impact of Brexit on the EU. Because the EU has a big hole to fill when the UK leaves. Back when it was trying to get in, the UK was kind of low on the totem pole. 
but compared to the big 28 member group now, the UK is up at the top. Today, the UK is the EU's third most populous nation behind Germany and France. So the UK has a lot of representation in the European Parliament, about 10%. The EU's total GDP is almost $19 trillion, and the UK accounts for about 15% of that. It has the second highest GDP in the European Union after Germany. Each country contributes a different amount to the EU budget. It all comes down to three factors the country's gross national income, the customs collected at each country's border, and the country's income from their value-added tax, or VAT. In 2016, when the Brexit vote happened, the UK was the third largest contributor to the EU fund. It put in nearly 19 billion euros, or more than $21 billion. That was about 13.5% of the total EU budget. So with the UK heading out, the EU is going to have less money to work with in its own budget. Without that cash, the EU is going to have to rethink its spending. Remember, everyone puts money into a big pot and then they divide it up. The Brits were one of the countries that put in more than they took out. That was one of the big arguments Brexiters used to win the vote. That being in the EU was a big drain on the British economy. So losing the UK is going to be hard. Big countries like Germany and France may also end up having to foot more of the bill. And that can impact security. More money in the budget certainly equals more money for international security. That's everything from sharing info on potential terror threats to helping smaller member countries on the edge of the EU deal with the influx of migrants. But EU leaders have tried to stay positive. Here was then-European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker during his State of the Union in 2017, talking about how the EU should use Brexit as a chance to reform and build a more solid Europe. We have now a window of opportunity, but it will not stay open forever. Let us make the most of the momentum, catch the wind in our sails. To do that, he said the EU should focus on forging new trade deals and protect external borders and open up new paths for legal migration. He said the EU will advance. They must advance because, quote, Brexit is not everything because Brexit is not the future of Europe. And that's all for Skim This. If you like what you just heard, check out Skim Notes. That's our audio deep dive feature on the Skim app, which you can download in your app store. A lot of news happens over the weekend, so to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. <laughs>